0: Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. We love the fact each and every week, every time that you're listening, either on audio or tuning in uh, to us in the present moment, we love talking about the distinction of being an intentional spirit. There's a big difference between people who have good intentions, they have good ideas, they have good thoughts, they do goals, they do three-month and short-term, long-term goals, but there's a big difference between people who really want to be intentional. And that means is, is they're they're not guided by what happens or doesn't happen externally. Um, they don't delay things just because they're waiting for something to get better. They continue to move forward with those intentions that are lasting and long and, and, uh, offering a, a blessed life. Les Jensen, uh, thank you for being an intentional spirit. And thank you for being on the show today. It's really a pleasure to have you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. And I just want to highlight that we would love people to tune in. Call in 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Love to have you call in and ask some questions of Les. And Les, uh, give us some background about about yourself. You you definitely um, have been engaged in spirituality the majority of your life. But give us some of those defining and redefine moments that have created you to be who you are and to want to get your message out into the world. Sure.
1: Well, actually, I didn't have a sense of spirituality or such as a life path until I was about 35. I had a Uh, transformational moment, that cosmic 2 by 4 if you will, um, sitting on a shrink's couch. And uh, I had been struggling with my life and uh, the psychiatrist wanted to talk about anger and I had no comprehension of anger being an active component in my life. And he puts out his hand and he says, come on, show me your anger your anger. And I thought it was really a waste of time. And I pushed and nothing really happened. And he kind of got up in my face and he said, it's okay. In fact, I want to see it. It's a safe place. Now, would you please show me your anger? And in that moment, my life changed so completely. I didn't know how dramatically at the time, but this immense amount of um, anger energy came out of my subconscious. And in that moment, I went from being just a television engineer to a much more diverse life path. And now I'm an author and a radio host. And um, that kind of woke me up to this idea that um, what was actually karma was literally energy stored in my psyche, like some kind of a storage tank of unresolved um, emotion, and from that moment forward, I, I I thought, well, if that was in my psyche and I wasn't aware of it, what else is in my psyche? So fast forward up to present day, when I look at the the paradigm humanity is is going through, and I look at what we're typically being told we should quote do. I'm not really seeing any traction. I'm not seeing any results in how they're, how we've typically been taught to approach this idea of salvation or the idea of the end of suffering or the return of heaven to earth.
0: I think that's very well said. And one of the things that in our humanity that I always find interesting is we, we tend to, and, and of course, I can't often speak about the world because I'm only seeing the windows that I see on Google or, you know, different spaces. Sure. I'm not, you know, currently in Africa because I, so I'm only going with what a couple of reporters told me of what's going on in Africa. And I, you know, we're, we get these little glimpses but as we're just both being, you know, somewhat philosophical today, um, one of the things that always surprises me is how it seems that we get into the debate about something instead of the forward movement about something. Uh, Example, um, you got a whole lot of group, a whole lot of people that say we have tremendous issues with racism. You have a whole lot of people that say, well, you know, it seems like we've been there and done that. And I'm not putting energy in any direction. I'm just saying, oh yeah, if that was a white person, that was white. person. But while we get caught back and forth in that and playing all that out back and forth and back and forth, there's a whole layer underneath that says, regardless of whether you feel it's an issue or a non-issue, we still have so much work on how to be together. Do you know what I mean? So, we got climate change. No, we don't have climate change. Well, we believe it is. You can look out the door and see it. No, we believe it isn't because we got proof over here that there isn't. And we we tend to be in this place of that it excuses us from doing nothing. At least that's my own humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was really looking forward to hearing about your new book. I got to say that your book initially as a... Um, a former Southern Baptist girl, your book was like, what? I don't believe in that. You know, that kind of thing until I really understood what you were saying. So your book is like, it's a shocker, you know, as far as a shock (laughs) factor because, you know, so many of us have spent our lives either in therapy or recovery, getting away from that I'm a sinner and I've always been a sinner and I'm worthless. I'm never going to amount to anything. And that I feel that way, I can be controlled by everything and everyone. Your book has an entirely different meaning. So take us there. <laughs> well, And you got a good laugh anyway of me playing that no, up. <laughs> it's,
1: it's all good. Well, I, I liked what you said about um the social monologue if you will keeping us caught up in racism and and climate change and so often the the aspect of us that kind of engages in that is our ego and our heart and our soul especially our soul our soul had a a plan for our life before we were even born and um the gist of my book is uh, humanity itself is the face of the of the divine. In other words, a glowing orb is not going to come down from the heavens. God, goddess, is not going to arrive at the scene to kick suffering's ass all the way to hell. And if you think about it, every single savior, all of them, every single one from every single religion, all of them, have come and gone on this planet and still we have suffering and pain and torment and and pretty much hell as a human experience on this planet today. So the idea of a savior is not the end game. The idea of the savior as some persona that does the heavy lifting is is a myth. It's not going to happen that way. Each one of us, in fact, our life purpose, the desires of our heart, is literally the face of the divine. God shows up as human beings. It's the desire of the human beings that sculpt the direction of humanity.
0: I love that. That's very powerful. How did this book come about? What? Did you? Was it the awakening that you had at thirty-five when you were sitting there with the therapist? Is it? This started a lot earlier. I was
1: born the last of seven children in a very strict Mormon household, which is very like, very much like Catholic. I am told, and you know, the. Living in a very staunch small town Mormon community is a little bit like the Twilight Zone, because you can ask the doctor, the banker, the policeman, anything about religion, and they they quote. They don't have a thought of their own. They just quote. I mean, it's like this collective monologue. And uh, as a as a child, as a young Boy, I was trying to understand what they were trying to teach us, and I, I just, I couldn't see any traction in it. And then certainly I started a career in television, and I watched humanity evolve. TV, working in the back scenes of TV, you see news feeds from all over the world every day. And I looked at the storylines, the the paradigm, if you will, that humanity was playing out. And it really didn't change decade to decade. So whatever we were doing wasn't working. Whatever we were believing was coming up short. And so I I, I asked deeper and deeper questions about the mechanics of how does, how does this get resolved? How do we end suffering? How do we turn the tide, if you will, of the direction of humanity? And forgiven sinner, God's last Savior, is a... Uh, a result
0: of that contemplation. Yeah, and it's it's just so interesting because um, it was in the late 1800s, wasn't it, that Emerson said, I'm paraphrasing, of course, um, don't pay attention to the news. You sure. know, the news doesn't really represent the masses. It just represents a, a few few people. And on the collective, it's not necessarily totally true, you know, um, and now that we have measurables of what I can get to send you to a page, um, well, that's a lot of what they, what they do is they focus on what is going to get advertising sold, what is going to get you to the page. And, you know, I always, and then we're going to delve into your book, so I'm not trying to digress, but Just in uh, alignment with what you said, I mean, I think one of the hardest things for me to watch uh, through the years is how what the news have done to the sharks. It's appalling um, because, um, you know, the chances of you and me getting bit by a shark or will get herded by cattle and ran over and dead first before that would happen. But if you watch the trends, like you're saying, and if people would learn to pay more attention, not just take everything like, oh, this is it. This is law. This is truth. This is absolute. You can actually see, you know, I've seen it a number of times less um, because I read the subtitles because I do want to be kind of in the know a bit. Um, I used to be like, I didn't want to watch news at all, but that's not very, uh, bright for a a leader of a large community to kind of be out of the know altogether. So it's, you know, both and, but when it's low news week and not a lot has happened beyond the same old, same old, same old of Washington, um, every time I go, okay, there's going to be a shark story on Friday. And there, there always is. It's, (laughs) There always is. It's like, there it comes. Watch out. You know, this could be the time that the sharks are going to get you. And I I weep sometimes because little kids that visit here for their holiday, they immediately go, I don't want to go where the sharks are. It's like, what?
1: (laughs) Well, remember the Western movies when they portrayed quicksand and you could get caught in quicksand and that'd be your demise?
0: Oh, I mean, that's right! Yeah, I'm not sure I've
1: ever seen quicksand, let alone fallen in it, let alone at <laughs> my demise. Got to your it. leg
0: hung in it. Oh yeah, it just took people all the time, <laughs> sucked them all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a what a trip! Forgiven sinner, God's last savior, is that me, you, and me? Who you is betcha.
1: that? You betcha. It's all of us the you know the um forgiven sinner forgiven sinner sinner um somehow somehow I've pissed off the creator the the idea of sinning the idea of a sinner the uh um the idea of of consciousness being a hologram or everything an emanation from the creator or source consciousness, however you want to think of it. If if that is indeed the case, then there cannot be any aspect of our human experience that is not divinity-expressing. In fact, light and shadow are both the dance of love or Source source consciousness, as Rumi had spoken. We cannot... Nobody has broken a karmic law ever. We are given fierce freedom in this in this 3D planet experience to do whatever we choose. Like I was saying earlier, the, the, the desire of humanity is the creation force of divinity itself. God-goddess doesn't sit up in heaven with some master plan going, well, damn it, they didn't pick the right thing. Well, damn it, they didn't pick the right thing we're here for the human experience. If humanity chooses to uh, take it all to ashes, well, we build out a a nuclear platform that could do just that, and divinity didn't stop us. At no point in, in years, decades, centuries of war has a divine being come down and silence the guns. Never once has a savior, mystic, um, deity stood on a hillside and waved some kind of divine wand to convert the slums into palaces. Every single time there was flesh and bones involved with the change of the course of humanity. So, to to cast us as sinners and then, then the barbarian thought of saying that we're separate from God, well, that's castration right there. The, the Mormonism and Catholicism kind of rapes us in the same way that says, well, God's over there, and he may be pissed at you. You better shape up. If that's not raping or, or totally depleting a child's connection to source consciousness, let alone the idea that uh, unconditional love would have a condition, <laughs> I mean, just those two sentences... the absurdity of what we've been taught we haven't sinned we've come here to live I suggest planet earth in this chapter of our human story is one of the most advanced classes in karma anywhere in the galaxy to come into the karmic storm where your eyes and ears tell you nothing but pain and sorrow to come into that karmic storm here on planet Earth and then find the divine love within you and be able to embody divine love within the storm, if that's not the most advanced class in karma that I can comprehend, I'm not sure what would be.
0: That's so what we're all about in, in New Thought is those very amazing concepts and it it do you find sometimes you know when you're just sitting out in a moment and you're just having a sip of tea or whatever still fascinated that in 2018 there are so many people that still seem to practice and believe that there's a a man in the sky with a beard that is looking at us and writing our surveys down and our inadequacies down i mean i just find that so fascinating with all the knowledge that we have all the people like you uh people like me the way shores saying hey could you think about that? It? it might look like this what is it that is that necessity to hang on to a story that is a story a made-up story well,
1: the the premise of all of that is based in fear, yes. And in in, um, in the Mormon doctrine, the idea that if you behave, if you find yourself, if God finds yourself righteous, uh, we used to call it fire insurance. By by totally submitting to the notion of what quote righteousness is, we wouldn't burn in hell, but see none of us had an ego when we were born zero of us had an ego when we were born none of us and so in our family dynamic as we were raised we were taught symbols words here's a chair here's a door um and and as as we created a symbol table if you will of 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 meaning, then we assigned value, and that's the crutch right there. We assigned value to the various symbols. And one of those symbols was ourselves, and one of those symbols was God, or the notion of power, or the notion of salvation. And so those very simple uh, paradigm right there, ourselves and how we relate to power, how we relate to salvation or or to unconditional love we were set up from the a very early age and how do you reprogram your ego at such a core level unless you get a deep resolve in your psyche and you know there's 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 so many platforms that talk about frequency and energy and healing and thank God and yes and yes, please, yes, shall we heal. But Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, it talks about our relationship with God. Now, let me rephrase that. It talks about our relationship with power. And and to put a finer point on it, you're not going to unravel a lifetime of symbols and values that were put there from the day your ego was born without some some deep contemplation about the nature
0: of what you were told so it's like meister eckhart said that spirituality isn't just about adding it's also the ability to subtract sure to take away those imprints and the languaging and some of the things that we have been told are some of those things that we keep attempting to do that no longer work for us, and how to step back from that is a very powerful reality. How long has your book been out? Um, the end of July
1: it was published. Mm. And how's it going? I I really like the responses. People are... You know, it it is a kind of an edgy book. I kind of go right to the core, you know, the um and and I was kind of curious how if people could understand the message I intended and certainly that has happened, so I feel real good about it.
0: I'm glad and yeah, well, it's it we need everyone coming forward. All of these people that, like us, that you're referring to in the book, to to speak the truth, speak it boldly. It's our truth, you know. It's what we sit with, but it's it's important and important that we we have that voice. I want to remind everyone to go to lesjensen.com. That's Les Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N.com. And you can order his book. You can also subscribe to his mailing list and you can stay in touch with him that way. We're always offering ongoing education. One way is for you to go to FirstUnity.org. The other way is to visit my website at TempleA's.com where we go on cruises We take spiritual trips together. We do things to help make a difference in the world. We do uh, global activism to support. So find out ways that you can get involved with us because we'd love to have you participate. And just be sure not to be one of those people sitting on the sideline hoping and wishing that something be different when really the difference needs to happen within you. We're gonna come back in just a moment, uh, Les, after a short break, and I want to delve into the deeper aspect of your your plans with your book and give us some golden nuggets about your book and the powerful aspects of what it has to to offer. It I love that you're approaching that people need to stop waiting on someone to come with a white horse, and just make everything okay. <laughs> I love that you're hitting bold and strong about that. is a real beautiful thing. It's really awesome. We're going to be right back after this short break. Please join us and come back and stay with us here on The Intentional Spirit. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can, by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to UnityOnlineRadio.org and click on Donate Today.
1: Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical
0: Metaphysics.
1: Emily Cady, in her Lessons in Truth, makes a statement which I think we need to kind of think about a little bit. She says, "God is not a being with qualities or attributes, but He is the good itself coming into expression as life, love, power, wisdom, etc. He is the good itself coming into expression as life, love, power, and wisdom. In other words, and this again is, is shattering to some of us, God is not loving. Ah, oh, God is a loving God. God is not loving." Because the moment we talk about God is loving, we've got the anthropomorphic Michelangelo-like God sitting up in a crowd somewhere with his heart beaming out and saying, oh, I love you all down there so so dearly, as long as you're good. But I'm not going to love you very much if you don't go to church and so forth. God is not loving. God is love.
0: To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment. Unity founder Charles Fillmore is quoted as saying, Here is a mental treatment guaranteed to cure every ill. Sit for half an hour every night and mentally forgive everyone against whom you have any ill will. The act of forgiveness is powerful medicine. Is there someone in your life that you can work on forgiving? Try this exercise tonight. To forgive is to set yourself free. Find out more about Unity at Unity.org.
1: Expand your mind and open yourself up to new ideas with Janet Connor and The Soul Directed Life every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Janet talks with some of the leading voices in the world of mind, body, and spirit. Each week, you'll hear fascinating stories, practical information, and ideas to inspire you to follow your soul's calling. Janet is right there with you on the journey. Listen live
0: or on demand here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555.
1: Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with
0: Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And thank you for being part of this wonderful conversation today that we're having with Les Jensen. He has been an author, a mystic, a spiritual leader for many years and making a difference, and speaking the truth, and speaking it boldly and bravely. His new book is entitled Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. And before you get too worked up about that or go, wow, is that new age or new thought, or what is that? Oh my gosh, what are you talking about, that word sinner? Well, we know to break it down, simply the word, the original root of sin means I keep doing something different and expecting different results. It's, I miss the mark. And what uh, Les is calling forth for all of us to do, be willing to do is not miss the mark because we are the savior. We are the answer uh, person. We are the mystic. We are the orator with ideas. We are the person in public office, in spiritual offices, uh, in school systems, in family systems, We are the people that if not us, who, if not now, when, and of course that statement's been used over and over again, but not from a place of intellectual stimulation, but in ways that we can actually make a difference right now. So uh, Les, give us some uh, ideas. Uh, You were saying also you had people that are really enjoying the book. Are they having some aha moments with it? Is it people that's traditional that they're becoming more open or people that are already open um, that are able to um, get to the next place as a dream builder or uh, someone that wants to be more involved with society issues and economic issues, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Well, it's a little of both. Um, uh, th- some of the responses have come from um very spiritually inclined people, and other responses have been more the layman and and it's all been positive it you know it it's uh, forgiven sinner is not uh just um redressing existing dialogue it's not um talking about really common topics. I really kind of go off on a tangent here, and I do that intentionally. You know, I've I've had a radio show for quite a while, and I've written <laughs> so many articles as a writer, and I find that if I talk point-blankly about the power of the human persona, that'd be you, that'd be me, that'd be the listeners, the power of a single point of presence, a single person in the sea of humanity, if I talk directly to that power, people can't people can't accept that for themselves, that they're really powerful people. If I talk point blank about power, the response goes down considerably. Yet here we are, every single one of us, a power, powerful personification of divine consciousness. We are the thing itself. We are the, the consciousness of the creator incarnate. So what I did with Forgiven Sinner is I took one step to the side and I talked about power, but I didn't use those words. I talked about our relationship with power, but I didn't use that perspective. Because if you were raised saying, well, God's the, the kick-ass dude, God's the, the big cheese, and, and we're seekers, we're, we're, we're going to just wait around and and he'll tell us what to do. You were ne- you had no experience no substantial experience trusting the divine inspiration from your heart and your soul I there so many people are getting big visions in their life I'm here to change currency I'm here to change education or the health industry and their ego goes well that can't be me I'm just a citizen I'm just that's no no no. I haven't been raised to embody to fulfill such a bold idea. And like we've talked about in the show, God is not going to do it like some glowing deity in the sky. It it's not going to happen that way. The the desire that sculpts the direction of humanity comes through the inspiration desires and passion of the people here on the planet. The human face is the face of the divine creating the future. Period. So if if we're going to turn this boat around, and we will, but the rate in which that happens and the depth that which that happens is going to have to be clarified and, and kind of pierced. And forgiven sinner takes us to the core of our relationship with God. Uh, Power, no, wait, God, power, no. Well, okay, both of those. But I I intentionally chose to just take a step off to the side and talk about very powerful
0: aspects of who we are. So with the, is there a, uh a certain set of of standards or principles that your book entails? Is it a, it's kind of organically, it walks you through a a process that you eventually get to an arrival place that, oh, this is me. It's been my calling all along. Um, How is the book going to work with shifting me? Well,
1: for example, if you were raised in many of the religions on the planet, there's this, this idea of righteousness, this idea of um, grooming yourself for appeasals, for acceptance, for, for, the, uh, for God to find favor in your behavior. This idea that there's a template, like there's some kind of a template that makes us divine, that connects us with our divinity. And that's that's, um, not true at all. Heaven, if we talk about heaven, is an experience that happens inside of us. When we're feeling love, it's an internal experience. The kingdom of heaven is within us now. So when we talk about heaven returning to earth, it's going to return to earth with 7 billion different flavors of what heaven is. Heaven, heaven is not some kind of a divine template of what a human being is, other than the sense of, uh, in the book I talk about two aspects, and I'm very, very careful with these two aspects. And those two aspects are purity, how much karma have you loaded up in your psyche, how much karma do you have left to release, purity. And the other attribute is authenticity. Now, neither one of those has any definition of their own. When you're pure and a person on a completely different genre is pure, you're totally different people, but within your own persona, you're pure. You've come to, to resolve everything that's unresolved in your subconscious, the, the lens that you see the world through, and then authenticity. Authenticity is so very important because authenticity is divinity expressing through us. Your heart and your soul have de- sincere desires for your life, period. Nobody else's. Your heart and your soul have design, divine, divine desires for your life expressed, and no two are the same. So purity and authenticity are the only two attributes I'll give any merit to because they have no definition. There's no template to them outside of the internal inspiration of your own heart and your own soul, your own divinity. The kingdom of heaven is within us. It's not outside of us. We won't hear about it from the outside. It'll come from within us.
0: Have you been um, affiliated with any particular organizations uh, that have offered the clarity of your thought? Have you um, have you studied with various uh, people through the years or teachings that has kind of shape shifted you from going from? a seventh child as a Mormon and a certain set of standards that most people, you know, it, it appears <laughs> with my humble uh, opinion that so many people just stick with what they've got, you know, but here you were a question. You asked the questions. Um, did you study different places to get some level of validation or did you just go, this is mine to do here? I am. Let's get this book going.
1: That's a good question. You know, um, my life path has been very curious. I barely graduated from high school, and that was the end of my formal education. I started television in the, in the 80s, and my soul put me in front of television transmitters. Now, this might seem a little odd, but I, I promise you it directly relates to our human experience. So if you drive to a mountain top, at least in the west, or climb a very tall tower in the east, um, the idea of a television transmitter is an immense amount of power. The last one I built was a million watts of power. And as a young kid, I was standing in front of this transmitter and I'd push the go button and the glycol pumps would kick on and the blowers would kick on and the power meter would start spinning. (laughs) and a million watts would flow through the building. And a million watts will melt metal in in, just as quick as you blink an eye. Uh, A million watts of power are flowing through this apparatus. Now if if I did everything right, everybody got a television signal on their TV in their home. And if I did something wrong, electricity knows how to bark very loudly. And so my soul put me in front of something I couldn't touch. I couldn't see. I couldn't sense. Wherever you are, there's radio signals in your proximity. I can't see them. I I made them for decades. I can't see them. And yet there's this raw power to an element that I can't see. Well, let's flip that over to the human condition. You know there's a person walking around on the planet intending to colonize Mars? that's a bigger idea than any government is willing to embrace whether it happens or not it shows the ability of a single persona able to capture a big vision for humanity and then move forward to fulfill it you the listener you're conscious because you're understanding this sentence your consciousness right now If you desire, you can be the personification of a divine idea that changes the course of humanity. Can you see yourself doing that? Are you entitled to be that powerful? Or are you waiting for God to be the powerful one? Or whenever the hell the next savior comes back? Because that crap's not going to happen. It flat out won't happen except through a human persona. So unconditional love, source consciousness, is hungry. Hungry for personas, people, human beings that want to just tap even a a fraction of the potential of what might happen in their lifetime. I promise you, if you accomplish less than 1% of your potential, you'll leave all your friends in the dust. We really don't understand the power of our own persona And until we come to terms with that, we're really not going to do any kind of justice. We're not going to honor what we could really do in a single lifetime here on this planet until we resolve those kinds of things. And that's why I wrote Forgiven Sitter and Citizen King and Personal Power Fundamentals. And and that's my life work is to say, you're the stuff. You're You're the elixir of the divine. Trust the the vision that your heart and your soul has has been handcrafted just for you And then silence filled the
0: air. To be then going from a place, as we get to a place where we say, well, there isn't any such thing. We've been kind of duped. (laughs) You know, no one's coming. (laughs) This is us. And we're the ones that have that. Through that awareness, hopefully it will affect people in the masses the way it's affected so many of us. When we know there's not a magic something coming in, and that then ultimately we get to, uh, you know, spend the rest of our lives um, in gold and eating fruit and having people wait on us like a cruise ship, um, will we then actually start doing more and being more? What is the what is the ultimate? When you wrote this book, the the feeling of
1: of fulfillment of nirvana of bliss if you will can happen on every single step of our of our of the evolution of our consciousness imagine a a single mother who's been homeless finally get, getting an apartment of her own to walk into that apartment and no longer be living in a homeless condition, the joy, the ecstatic feeling of that, is the feeling of that unconditional love flowing in us through us. Heaven is intended to be felt in this moment. When, If you live your life in your ego, so say you figure out how to make money on the stock market, and you just sit at home and and um, massage the stock market to appease your ego, the desires of your heart and your soul are left unfulfilled. But if you teach your ego, hey, ego, hey, ego, you know what? Our heart and our soul has wisdom and a vision and inspiration for us. If you teach your ego to to learn how to be quiet and listen and then when that inspiration comes up from our heart and our soul to to actually fulfill that, at the end of the day, you have a completely different experience than the, the stockbroker. Because your heart and your soul's desires have been fulfilled. The desire of your heart and your soul have been fulfilled if you create a space in your life for that to happen. So... Heaven is intended to be experienced throughout the entire journey. It's not a destination thing or some future hardcore assignment. Go to heaven and there's no other choice. Go to hell and there's no other choice. Heaven is intended for this moment, this day, this opportunity to express ourselves
0: from the inside out. And that awareness is going to lead to more self-confidence, more esteem, more of a level of comfortability within an individuation of spirit, which then ultimately leads to a greater sense of peace.
1: Without end.
0: Without end.
1: You cannot exhaust love's desire to express. You can only expand the vehicle it can express with. And when your ego masters the art of allowing unconditional love to flow in you, through you, as you, without getting in the way, your ego will be dumbfounded. It'll be speechless by what happens in your presence. Unconditional love shows up in us, through us, as us, and not from some glowing
0: orb in the sky. You sound like a new thought minister to me. <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: Pass around the organic whiskey shooters. No, right.
0: <laughs> well, there's, there's so many different ways to, to reach the people on the planet. And um, it's, it's great that your, your packaging allows to really hit so many levels of mainstream com- uh, consciousness. That's really, really powerful. You have a, um, a wonderful image on your website. And for those of you listening, it's lesjensen.com. That's L-E-S-J-E-N-S-E-N.com. And it's uh, a gas tank of uh, being full and empty. And I, I love that the personal power fundamentals. And because your whole thing is, is the premises and you're probably your daily mission statement is new human living. So, what does that imagery on your website mean as far as we're we're going with the flow of back and forth from a full tank empty tank, or what was your uh thinking when you were creating that? I love the image well um
1: our karma and our power are directly
0: related, and okay
1: if you, like electricity or or radio signals. Electricity is a more common experience. Um, If you look at an outlet in your home, can you tell if the power is there or not? Can you look at a dead battery and, um, I'm sorry, a battery and tell if it's dead or charged? Humanity has um, individual humanity Humans like you and me have our own power level, and it's this etherical aspect of us. We can't really, there's no meter per se that measures it, but if we observe humanity, there's the homeless person standing on the curb, and they're trying to get through this moment. Some of them are really wiped out with the experiences of life. If they get a cold tonight, they'll die because they're barely holding on. And if we see that as the tank running empty where we're loaded up with karma and we have no power, then we're powerless in our life. And then let's flip that over and raise the power up to the top and erase the karma, and that's purity. That's Jesus. That's Buddha. A person who walks into a hospital and people are healed by sheer presence. So... So that defines kind of the top of the scale. Well, humanity is everything in between. And so if you're trying to change your life and you're not getting traction, if you're trying to have a powerful effect on the direction of your future and you're not getting any traction, just like I had so much anger in my psyche that was driving me like a freight train in a particular direction until I released it, until I let go and cleanse my karma, which is what Personal Power Fundamentals is about, until I was able to release that, there's a whole slew of choices I couldn't make for my life. Right now in this moment, we live in a perpetual field of miracles. And, and whether we're able to or not able to fulfill those miracles are directly related to the energetic composition of, of our energy, our own personal energy persona. You want to change your life? Go inside and clean your karma. You want to change your life? Have forgiveness and compassion for yourself. Learn how to love. Look again with virgin eyes about the dynamics of your life and the choices that you make. We are all very powerful beings, and trust that whatever's challenges in front of you, is, it is only a stepping stone to a,
0: a bigger fulfillment of the truth of who you are. I love your passion. I love your passion. How have these ideas and beliefs changed your life? <laughs> In a uh, two-minute-or-less answer.
1: <laughs> I, the compassion I have for humanity gets more and more refined every day. And I love the feeling of love. I love the feeling of love. And, and so I think my ego has finally got the knack of this. It's like, why am I even trying to drive the boat? There's this well of inspiration inside of me. Let's just follow that. And every day I get better and better at it.
0: I love your clarity and your commitment to speaking the truth, speaking it clearly, speaking it boldly. I I love what you're doing with this book. It's very, very powerful. What would be some closing words that you would like to leave in our hearts for sure? This is your moment. The light is on. Everything's shining, and uh, our karma is listening. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. What do you want to give us? <laughs> hey,
1: take a deep breath and relax. The truth of you is untouchable by human intention. No matter what, you will find um, everlasting peace, it is it is at the essence of who you are. Trust in the inspiration of your heart and your soul. And look again every single day with virgin eyes about how love can steer your life in a new direction.
0: I love that statement. And I, I want you to say it again. No, no human or no experience can change the intention Say that again about your karma, your life.
1: You are safe. No human
0: intention can touch your essence. Got it. You are safe. No human intention can. No. Yes. No human intention can touch your essence. That's That's very powerful.
1: That's right. You are very powerful. Go ahead. You are very powerful.
0: We are stepping into that claiming the I am within the I am is all there is. And we allow our beautiful purple flame to, our violet flame of consciousness to let our light shine. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today, Les Jensen. I thank, thank you. you for who you are. I hold for you many great things regarding your book and every person that you influence on a daily basis. Thank you so much for being part of the Intentional Spirit Show. I want to thank all of you for listening. Look forward to hearing from you. Email me at, temple at templehaze.com if you have some ideas of a show. Go to templehaze.com or firstunity.org. Always a pleasure. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time.